Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. Daring faith. I, I do believe we throw down dares to each other. And every now and then, I think we ought to look at this and say, where does my faith life come in to this daring faith? What does it look like and, and how do I do this? Well, I want to offer two dares uh, to our church family today. But before I do, I want to welcome you. If you're our guest today, uh, there's a little guest card in the seat back in front of you. We'd love to have a record of your attendance here with us. You just fill it out later on the service when the offering baskets or pastors drop that in. I promise you we won't come bug you, but we'd love to have a record of your attendance with us. Just let us know how you'd like us to contact you, text, email, whatever's easiest. And on the back is a place for prayer requests. And so I'd encourage you, join dozens and dozens and dozens of people each week as we have the privilege of praying for, for you and whatever's going on in your life. And then you probably received this handout on the way in today. There's a place inside for message notes and all the things going on in the life of Sugar Hill Church. And there's a lot of it. Hopefully you have the Sugar Hill Church app. You can open it now and follow my teaching notes and follow the slides and all the scripture references are in there. If not, go and open your Bible or turn your Bible because we're going to be in a lot of different places in scripture. But we're probably going to start in Acts chapter 10. We'll probably hang out there for a few minutes, but we'll move all over the place. We, we have the opportunity to live a daring faith. But I believe most of us, we stop in the dare when we try to ask ourselves, well, what's in it for me? I, I, I think this is interesting. It happens in all of life. So if your boss gets a new job and he moves on, then on the one hand, you want to be happy for him. On the other hand, you want to know, what does that mean to me? So if, if, if you have a change in a church leadership, what does it mean to me? Most all of us, we look at life and we ask this question, what is in it for me? And so I really believe when we look at this, we can make a great argument, no matter what the motivation is, on what are the benefits to living a daring faith? What are the, what are the benefits to believe the way Jesus taught us to believe? Now, when you look at that, in some ways you are taking a dare because Jesus clearly in all of his teaching in the New Testament says it's a matter of the heart as to how we're going to live this life, including those things that are unconventional and those things that are beyond your comfort zone. And so Jesus, when he led his disciples, gave us this overwhelming model that, guys, everything has changed because I have come. There's a new covenant in place with my people because I've come. My death, my burial, my resurrection has changed life forever, and it is deeply and intentionally purposeful. And so that's what gives us the ability to live a life with a dare. Now, I want to throw a dare out to our church. So this is the first Sunday in February. Usually every February, we have some kind of stewardship effort. But I want to make this one easy for you. So here's what I'd like you to do. Starting today, I want to ask you to give $20 a week more than you typically give. So if you give zippity doo I'm going to ask you to give $20 a week over the next six weeks. If you give $1,000 a week, make it $1,020. You give $200 a week, make it $220. You with me? All right, now you say, Chuck, what's the catch? Here's the great catch. So over six weeks, if you give $20 or you give $1,020, at the end of six weeks, you don't believe God has done something in your life to bless you, knowing it's not always monetary, but God does indeed bless you. I mean, he says you, you, you give and it'll be given back to you, shaken, pressed down in abundance. You give 
that $20 a week. Now, if you're done, and let's say over the course of time, you say, well, over those six weeks, Chuck, I gave $1,000. Okay, great. And if you'll come back and you say, Chuck, I want to sit down with you at Starbucks, have a conversation, because God did nothing to bless my life in those six weeks. I won't just give you back your $1,020. I'll give it back times two. So if you come, and over the next few weeks, you give in obedience, whatever the Lord tells you to give, and over the next six weeks, you say, Chuck, God didn't do his part, then you just meet me at Starbucks, call and set up an appointment with Beth. I'll meet you there. We'll give you a check for twice what you gave in the six weeks. Because I really believe, I believe we ought to take this dare to believe that Jesus was faithful, he was true, that God is for us and God wants to bless us. And so I believe in the middle of that, the only thing that keeps us from doing that is to live in obedience to him. So why then can I with great confidence say, tell you what, if God doesn't do what only God can do over the next six weeks, all right, good enough. We'll give you 100%. You get it all back twice. Fair enough? Now, it, you, you got to do it in person, and you got to come back and tell me. When, when I said this to our staff, I mean, they looked at me like you know, I looked in the donut video. Because why would you do something like it? Because I believe. I believe the scripture from Genesis to maps. There's a rhyme, there's a reason, there's a purpose for all of it. I believe Jesus was true when he gave us this, this process. I believe we best show that when we serve people in need and we give like we mean it. So I want to encourage you to do that. Second part of it is I want to ask you that over the next six weeks, you would dare to invite two people who don't typically go to church to just come to worship with you one hour at Sugar Hill Church. First dare, 20 bucks a week above whatever you normally give. Second dare, bring two people over the next six weeks, or two families with you to worship with you here at Sugar Hill Church. And then third part, our daily devotions that are audio podcasts, Monday through Friday, five minutes a day, five days a week, would you be willing to share those every day over the next six weeks? So every Monday through Friday, share it through social media, text, email, however you do that, would you share those? And so I want to offer that dare to you. But guys, I want to throw one more dare at you. So two weeks ago, I told you that I did a hot yoga class, right? I've done it since. I'm, I'm, I'm over dying mildly. Then last week I did a spin class. That is just insanity. This week I did a Zumba class. I have just now had everything stop moving. Because let me tell you something. You ladies who do that are killing it. So guys... Maggie Green leads a group here on Thursday nights, I believe, called Zumble. It's half Zumba and some Bible study, right? So guys, here's your dare. Join me and the rest of our male staff in Zumble class with our ladies. But guys, when you do, we take up the first couple of rows so they can all see us. Now, if you're sitting there saying, there's no way I'm doing it, I double dog dare you to join me Thursday for Zumble and do this. Now, guys, I'm just going to a quick poll. How many of you are saying, oh, yeah, I'll take you up on that? Randall, you, are you not doing this? I mean, are you a sissy? You are a sissy. Britt, you're going to be there, aren't you? He said, a man's got to know his limitations. But you got to assume that you're speaking to a man because you got to step up when somebody double dog dares you. So guys, come on now. 
All right, Thursday night, if you're not here, we're calling you out next Sunday. All right, and it's not, remember, it's the right kind of donut, all right? So let's take a look at what God's Word says about believing and daring to believe. I want to ask you this question. Will you dare to believe? I mean, seriously, will you dare to believe? Acts chapter 10 gives us a perspective of why we should believe. Now, let me start off by saying this. John, in the sixth chapter of his gospel, records that Jesus said, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. So in John's gospel, he says, this, Jesus, this is the one biggest deal. Believe in the one that God has sent. So who sent Jesus here to get our relationship with God right? His son, Jesus. So he sends Jesus, he said, believe. Now the word believe is used in the New Testament more than 250 times. And we often refer to people who are Christians or people who have followed Jesus, we refer to them often as believers, right? Look at that believer. Are they a believer or not? And so if we were to go back and look at what most of us tend to do, what's in it for me? How, how, how do I benefit from that? Let's take a look in Acts chapter 10 because Jesus, I believe with all my heart, from the top of my head to the end of my toes, I believe absolutely that everything that we have ever done can be forgiven. Everything we've ever done, I believe it can be forgiven. And Jesus came to ensure that was the case. In Acts chapter 10, verse 43, here's what the scripture says. All who believe in Jesus will be forgiven of their sins in Jesus' name. So at the end of the prayer, when you say in Jesus' name, what do we do that? I mean, is it just rhetorical? Is it something we just learn to do? When we finish a prayer and we say in Jesus' name, what we're saying is under all of his authority, under all of his power, under all of the things that he controls because all things have come from him, all good things have come from on high, he is saying if you believe, then you're accepting the fact <clears throat> that Jesus himself can forgive freely, instantly, repeatedly, completely. How do I know that? Acts chapter 10, verse 43, all who believe in Jesus will be forgiven of their sins in Jesus' name. You say, well, that's not good enough, right? Then if you flicked over a book and you went to the book of Romans chapter 3, Paul writes in verse 22, we are made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in the same way, no matter who or what we have done. And so Jesus is saying to us in these two pieces of scripture, <clears throat> he is clearly making us see everything and anything you've done, there is nothing you can do to make Jesus not love you. There's nothing you can do that would have kept Jesus from dying for you and shedding his blood for you. Because all he asks in response is, do you believe? Now we have all types of different ways that we display that we believe. But the most predominant way that we really show that we believe is we believe Jesus has the ability to forgive our sins. That when he died, that when he shed his blood, that blood literally washed away our sin. And all he says to us is, believe. Now, when you look at it, you say, that's too good a deal to pass up. You're right. What's in it for me, Chuck? What's in it for me? That everything you have done, everything you will do, can and will be forgiven when we believe in the name of Jesus. When we say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising for me. Thank you for having your blood shed for me. And I accept all those things as payment for my sin. And in doing so, he says, everything can be forgiven. I find that a huge benefit. Secondly, the benefit I find is I learn God's purpose for my life. 
I don't know how many people always say to me, and they wind up in my office and say, Chuck, I'm just struggling with what God wants me to do. I would say to them, a hundred out of a hundred times, tell me, how, how have you tried to ask God for clarity? How many times have you spent time in God's word? How many minutes per day did you sit and listen to the Lord? And I would say a hundred out of a hundred, they say, well, I really haven't. And then I would say to them, then wait a minute. What you're trying to do is circumvent how the Lord wants to give you clarity. The Lord is calling us to spend moments of quietude and meditation in his scripture and to hear his voice. Prayer is a two-way street. And to hear from God at times, we need to hush with the all we want and listen to a heavenly, gracious, loving Father. Jesus came not just so we could have all, all things forgiven. He came so that we could have purpose found in our life. Many of us, when we don't have purpose, we kind of drift through life. We kind of wander our way through life. And if it happens, that's great. But we can't point to the fact that I know that I know that I know this is what God wants me to do. I spent most of my life promising that I would never pastor a church. And some of you are sitting there thinking, I wish you'd been good on that promise. But the fact of the matter is that God has an extraordinary plan for you. And he doesn't hide it. He's, he's not putting it under a bushel. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to answer his voice. And he wants you to know the purpose for which he sent you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. In the book of the Colossians, it says, For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Many of us are confused of why we're here. But scripture says loud and clear, you are here to follow God, to listen to God. He has a purpose and a rhyme and a reason. He wants to use you in his redemption plan of mankind. God is all about people and he's called us to join him in being all about people. I look at this and I think, you know, there's some awesome little devices. I, I gave some of these to my wife for, for Christmas. Jenny has a unique way of losing both phone and keys like nobody I know. And I say it every day, babe, if you'll just put those right where, the same place, day after day, they'll be there. But it just doesn't happen. And so I gave her these little things called tiles. And you take this little white box, it's about this big, and you put it on your key ring. You sync it up with an app on your phone. And if you've lost your keys, you can take your phone and hit that app and your keys will ring. Is that not fascinating? Now, if you've lost your phone, but you have your keys, you can press a little tile and your phone will ring, even if it's on silent. This is amazing, isn't it? When you lose both of them, you just call somebody else on their phone because you are so toast by then, you've lost everything. So I gave these to Jen and she's been giving them to our daughters. You know why she gives them to our daughters? Because they lose the same things the same way. And so when we lose one, we can find the other. Wouldn't it be great if God had a tile for your life that said, here is your purpose. Wouldn't it be great if you could hit a button on an app and God would say, hey, that's your purpose. Wouldn't it be great if, if literally, you, Mikey, you could just hit a tile and God would say, Mikey, this is the plan for your life. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, that'd be great. Well, listen to what Ephesians chapter one, verse 11 says. Here's your tile. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before 
we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose is he is working out everything and everyone. Scripture is saying to you and I, this is your tile. Jesus is the reason for which we have been crafted to join him in his work. When we say give, we're saying join him in his work. When we say serve, join him in his work. When he asks you to lead out in a group or to join a group, join him in his work. What we're saying is Jesus came, press the tile, and you won't have to worry about what your purpose is. He will make it abundantly clear. If you're here today and you say, it is not clear in my life, then I can say this with absolute certainty. Then you haven't spent enough time listening to God to know what it is. Because listen, God is not like a tile. He is not just sitting there waiting for us to push the right button. He is asking us inconsistently, in consistency to live a life that is worthy to be blessed. And I would say to you, whatever you do, recognize everything can be forgiven. Our purpose can be clear and that you can have God's strength for daily living. Listen, you can have that strength. Now, one of the things about cell phones is that you have to keep them powered, right? So we have six daughters. All six daughters have an iPhone. And all six daughters are thieves, all of them. Because when they come to our house, they steal our chargers every time. We now lock up the chargers like they're gold. Do you know why? They're thieves. They steal our chargers. And the better the charger, the more rapidly they steal them. Am I the only parent that has this problem? Because their phones are never charged. So when you send them off to a concert, you send them off to a party, you say, is your phone charged? And they say, yeah, I got 19%. What? You have been upstairs getting ready for an hour and a half. Did you not charge your phone? You know what the answer is? No. I was talking with people. Our phone is an appendage to our life. When Samantha goes to sleep, she has a series of long extension cords that her phone is plugged into because she falls asleep with her phone in her hand. I just think to myself, that is the stupidest thing you've ever, when you go in there, how she has not died by strangulation by now, I have no idea. When three or four of them are together, that room they live in, in that upstairs bonus room in our house, it is a cobweb of extension cords. If you ever hear Pastor Chuck's house burnt to the ground, it's because we were charging phones. Wouldn't it be great to know if you had a sustainable degree of energy in your life? Now, let me just take a quick poll here, right? But if you're over 40, how many of you regularly say, I am just exhausted? Just take a quick poll. If you are under 40 and you say, I am just exhausted with life, raise your hand. So let me get this right. We basically describe midlife at 40 years of age, but we're all tired. Rick Warren said one time that now when you ask people, how are you doing? You know what the number one answer is? I'm tired or I'm busy. Don't you remember a time when you said, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You're doing great. Everything's fine. Now, you know, what we, say? we are in like a martyr race. I'm more tired than you. I'm more busy than you. I got more stuff going on than you. We're exhausted. What if you could have strength for your daily life? Well, I believe we have a power shortage in our life. And I don't believe you recover that power 
Just like a cell phone has to be plugged in, you got to find yourself plugged in. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. God gives power to those who are tired and worn out, and he offers strength to the weak. In Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 19, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him. It is that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. You have the power to change. You have the power to start over. You have the power to keep going. Paul said it like this in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him that strengthens me. So if you're here today and you say, I just don't have the strength to go on. I don't know how to make this change. I don't know what to do. Have you turned to the greatest power source of all time and said, I know I can do all this because Jesus has said I can. Because if what you're looking for is another magic cure, I'm gonna take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I'm gonna drink a five-hour energy. If that's our power source, we are destined to failure. At some point, you got to plug in and say, I am committed to living this life with Christ. And then finally, I believe what we get to have the opportunity is we're guaranteed eternal life. We are guaranteed eternal life. John 11, starting in verse 25, it says, Jesus said, I am the one who raises the dead and gives them life again. Anyone who believes in me, even though he dies, shall live again. If Jesus hadn't risen, that verse would be a joke. But hundreds upon hundreds of people not only saw him, but heard him after his death and his burial and his resurrection. And the time has come that we recognize, wait a minute, this is no joke. The power source and the ability to live unbelievably blessed is found in the obedient life, the consistent life of walking with Christ. Probably the first Bible verse you knew, John 3, 16. For God so the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would have life in abundance. He would never perish. Life eternal. These are amazing benefits you don't get anywhere else. So what's in it for me, Chuck? What is in it for me? Well, your, your sins can be forgiven. You, you, you can find purpose in your life. I can have strength for the daily life, and I get promised eternal life. When you look at that, you say, wait a minute. This is a hands-down, this is the greatest deal ever. I agree. As a matter of fact, I urge you to take up the cross of Jesus and follow him in consistent obedience so that he can do what only he can do in your life. The five-hour energy drink is not the answer. Eating clean is good, but that's not the only answer. Losing weight is great, but that's not the only answer. We can fix everything physical we have, but if we don't address the spiritual, we're going to fail miserably. And Jesus is saying, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, believe in me. And what I'd say to you is, if you're going to live a life where you believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus, why not live like it? Why not take him at his word? Why not just take up a dare and say, I'm going to live in the name, in the power, of Jesus. I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to rest in him. This week, I'm going to consistently walk with him, and it's going to change my life. And when we do that, what we're saying is, Jesus, I take you at your word. I trust you. But that's easier said than done, isn't it? Because this life is not created with all the people we work with and all the people we hang out with and all the parents we're at the ball game with, none of that, none of that seems natural. But why is it not natural? Well, for some of you in this room, you're the nuns, you're the N-O-N-E-S's. At the end of the survey where you check what's your, what's your affiliation with religion, or you just said, I got, I've got none. 
Can I just say to you, thank you. I'm so glad that you, you, you recognize you have no faith system at all. But I, I also want to say to you, you've heard these benefits that Jesus offers. I can't believe you wouldn't look at him and say, it. I, I'm none. I, I'm cool with you totally losing your orthodoxy and your religion for the sake of Jesus. But I can't believe you wouldn't say yes to him. I can't believe we'd look at Jesus and say, you know, no thanks. I, I, I don't want energy for my daily life. I don't want eternal life. I don't want to know purpose in my life. I don't want to be forgiven for the foolishness of my life. I can't, nobody would say that. Why wouldn't you take him up? But then there's a whole other group that we talked about a few weeks ago called the Duns. And there's a lot of you in this room that you're in that category. The D-O-N-E-S's. You're done. You worked with preschoolers when you had preschoolers. You worked with children when you had children. You worked in the student ministry when you had students. You, you were a deacon. You were a Sunday school teacher. You gave. You went on a mission trip. And now you're like 60 years old and you're just done. And, and you just exhausted yourself. And could I say to you, listen, if you're a nun or if you're here and you're a dun, Jesus is saying, come on, there's so much more to do. There's so much more I want to pour into your life. There's so many other things in which you can minister to people and make a difference for the cause of Christ. And what I would say to you, come on, join us, serve, give, be a part of, pray, walk in obedience, abide in the power of Jesus. And I believe when we do, he is so unbelievably clear that he wants to give us life in abundance, that he wants to forgive us of everything we've ever done that was selfish and sinful. I believe he wants to give you clarity in your life and your purpose. And I believe without any hesitation, he says, wait a minute, plug into me. I'm the source of your life. When we get Jesus right, we'll get everything else right. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, in this day that you've called us to be a part of something even more extraordinary than we could ever imagine. Lord, I pray that we'd be a people that would hear you and know you, that we'd trust you and walk with you. I pray we'd be a people that would recognize in you and you alone we find forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, if there are people here today that have never just trusted you, they'd say, God, forgive me for all my sin, all my selfishness. Come live in, in my life, sit on the throne of my heart, and I accept the fact that you died for me and you, you were buried for me and you rose from the dead for me. I want to turn around. I want to make a U-turn in my life. I want to follow you now, Lord, not just live for me. I want to plug into your strength and your power, and I want to receive your free gift of eternal life. I want to receive your free gift of purpose and rhyme and meaning in my life. And so, Lord, today, I pray nobody would walk out of here with checking the box of none. They'd walk out of checking the box of Jesus. Lord, for people who feel like they're done, God, would you breathe strength and encouragement into their life so they might walk with you and live with you and abide in you. They might find great joy and service and continually being a part of your redemptive plan. God, call up leaders to make a difference as we serve people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.